0: <laughs> we are back, baby. We are back. We are back. You
1: are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get fucking like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 138 of the pod. Joe Musso alongside the incomparable Matt Rooney. Matthew, as we always start this podcast mental health check wellness check how are we doing today.
0: Oh, this is always a rough week for me cuz this is the taste of what's to come. Like there's yeah, there's I, no this is I struggle towards the end of football seasons for obvious reasons, but this is this is always tough for me. So right now I'm okay, but as we get kind of closer to the weekend here, it's going to be a rude wake up call. How are you?
1: I'm I'm well. You know, I have I have the safety net of NBA basketball season reaching the all-star break here and then kind of Hitting its home stretch, I I know I enjoy that a little bit more than you do, maybe. But uh, we're going to be. Okay. We have the Bulls. Everything's going mean, to be all right. There's nothing we got to we watch. got a Super Bowl. We got a Super Bowl matchup that we're worthy of. We got a Super Bowl matchup that's going to be entertaining. We got a Super Bowl matchup that will create. Hopefully more than twenty some odd points as last year's did. I think yeah, we that. deserve one. We're gonna this have a one. very entertaining matchup between these two teams, and I will stand here before you and lobby for the 49ers to be able to wear the ninety four throwbacks in all white. Uh, did you hear about this? I, I wanted to. Go. I didn't they see they wanted to. Wear to. Wear I just yeah.
0: saw that like, which one should they wear? Why, why do you? They, why no, are re- you so? They requested to. The
1: they requested to wear the the throwbacks that they've worn throughout the season a few times to be in all white um the league said no you have to wear your classics so they're wearing white jerseys and gold pants the chiefs will be wearing red jerseys and white pants um, just the standard home and away jerseys breaking uniform news here on the Moose
0: Norris podcast
1: that's what we you know, do. you know we we dig into we dig into the threads here i think this is a big miss though i think this is a big miss by the nfl because if debbie musso tells oh. me anything about watching football as a woman who might not watch it every weekend? yeah, all my all my mom wants is two color schemes that are easier to, to discern, and we have two teams that are resplendent in red here, and if you put one of them in all white, the average viewer who does not watch 17 to 20 weeks out of the year it'll be much easier for them to watch the Super Bowl no. there's going to be uh, Debbie Musso in the second quarter is going to walk away from the screen and say there's too much red.
0: Now, bring back a fun segment that we do, the vocab, words, resplendent. Context Respl- clues, I can probably pick that up, but for the yeah. general uh, listener who might not be able to, might not have yeah, the intelligence. Yeah, resplendent,
1: resplendent is just covered in, mm-hmm. um, uh, defined by, uh, throughout. Okay, thank you. Color, colorful throughout, I think, would be the, uh, yeah. the safest definition there. Um, yeah. So yeah, resplendent in red uh, w- would be would be the...
0: Yeah the, I got I got the usage there. A, I I still like the the regular road whites with the gold pants. So I think those are awesome uniforms too. So I I for one don't really care which ones they wear. I think they probably have just the best uniforms in all of football either way, whether wearing home away or those throwbacks. Mm-hmm. So I as a as a neutral bystander here, I don't really care which ones they wear cuz I think they're all awesome.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit more about how these two teams got their um it's fun the times. championship The championship weekend lived up to the billing. It was Chiefs and Titans to lead it off. Titans looked like maybe they were going to pull their same act. And then late second quarter, uh, Mahomes seemed to turn it on again. It, It wasn't to the extent of the Houston divisional round, but it was a slow start for Kansas City again. Tennessee was able to control that clock, hand it off to Derrick Henry. I believe he had 65 yards in the first half. Finished with 69. So whatever was said at halftime, Mm -hmm. whatever adjustments were made, the Chiefs stood up, proved that they were the best team on both sides of the ball. I thought it was an impressive and a convincing win by the Chiefs to really leave no question in front of a team that had that team of destiny feel, but just didn't have the bullets to me tailbacks don't win Super Bowls, quarterbacks do. And that was the result between the Chiefs and the Titans.
0: I mean, tailbacks can help you get there, but at some point your quarterback is going to have to be the best player on the field. Not always, not mm-hmm. in every game, but at, the, at some moment he's going to have to be, and that was just never going to be Ryan Tannehill going up yeah. against Patrick Mahomes in a game. And quite honestly, this game went exactly, or not exactly, but a lot of how we thought we wouldn't have been surprised if the Titans got out to a lead kind of running the ball. But mm-hmm. the difference between this game and the Baltimore game is, that, that no offense to Lamar Jackson, he's probably going to get there at some point in his career, but he hadn't played from behind before. He hadn't been put in a spot where he had to throw a ton and really come from behind. Patrick Mahomes has been there. He's done that, and he's capable, as we saw you know, in the, the Houston game, putting up 17 points, 21 points before he can blink, and that's kind of what happened here. Kansas City started out slow, but Mahomes was able to just put points up without thinking, and they kind of got back to where they were, and then all of a sudden the Titans were the ones playing from behind, and that's not a spot you want Ryan Tannehill to be in.
1: Yeah, and honestly, you know, we've heard the knee-jerk conversations in the wake of Sunday's game about already Pat Mahomes' place in history and what he's done. Obviously, the turning point in that game was that fantastic scramble he had that turned into a highlight that we're going to be seeing forever on the Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes reel. But if you look at his numbers during the season, they obviously are staggering. And then you look at his playoff numbers, there's no drop off. There's no tightening. I mean, Pat Mahomes in his career, he's played in he's played in four playoff games Mm -hmm. in in these last two seasons. He has eleven touchdowns and zero interceptions. Like he's just he understands is the moment it's not bigger than him, nor was it when they were trailing by whatever it was, twenty-four to nothing, twenty-one to nothing against um, the Texans. You saw him go to his guys. You saw him have that that leadership moment. That hey, let's turn it on. Let's do something special here. He has literally everything you could want in a quarterback. He's the future of the position and in my eyes the best in the game right now this very moment there's no one better than Pat Mahomes
0: no there's de- i think that's an easy thing to say now i mean i know lamar again, had the great year but now that we are the way we're seeing him perform in the playoffs have seen him perform in the playoffs the way he's playing and right now the last week there's i, I just hate not to sound like to get better. off my
1: lawn i hate to sound like to get off my lawn old guy but lamar Jackson's going to have to evolve Jackson's too. Still gonna have Lamar to Jackson's still going to have to it with his arm. really going to have to evolve the sustainability of a quarterback playing football that way, it's just not realistic. No, I, whether, whether I, I that's agree with an, you. Whether that's from an injury standpoint or from a defense scheming against you standpoint, mm-hmm. not sustainable.
0: No, next year's uh, not to make this Lamar talk and not talk about the championships game, but, but next year's going to be very interesting for the Ravens because we saw even, not, not to bring this to a Bears conversation, but we saw the Bears' offense look pretty good at times last year and they were able to beat some teams. And then, you know, you get an offseason to study, tape, adjust. Teams are, in the NFL especially, good enough to adjust to that and it's going to be whether or not the Ravens, Lamar, whatever, can adjust back. But even like we back to Mahomes, what you were saying is, like, even last year, his one playoff loss in, against Tom Brady and the Patriots, three touchdowns, 16-31, to 295, and pretty much the only reason they lost is because he didn't get a chance in overtime to touch the football. I
1: mean, he put them in a position to win D Ford went offside.
0: Yeah, they they, they had the game, and then his defense kind of gave it up, and then he didn't get the ball from there on out, and that's not really on him. He didn't really lose that game as much as Tom Brady kind of won it. And if you're losing to Tom Brady in an AFC championship game, there's really no shame in that, especially with the line he did. Um, but that uh, was we'll, that was the fun game for me. That, that was the better game this, this weekend for me. Obviously the next one, which we'll get to is a little bit well, more fun I don't for know. me to en- watch for obvious reasons. But
1: I enjoyed that NFC championship game quite a bit quite mightily, quite a bit, uh, right? quite mightily, uh, quite a bit uh, as Aaron Rodgers falls to one in four all time. So one in three in NFC one in three, excuse me. Um the one win, unfortunately, Caleb hey, Haney. coming against Caleb Haney and our Bears. But um I I just don't think and I don't think that's a knock on his legacy obviously it'll always be a footnote to his legacy but I think that Aaron Rodgers has largely played in those games with deficient teams I'd like to see how many in each of the four games were the Packers favorited going into that game because again this year he did a lot with a little and I'll applaud him for that but at the end of the day the Niners manhandled the Packers. It wasn't as close as the score dictates. 37-20, to 20, the final in Santa Clara. San Francisco, and, and I mean, Kansas City's a great team, and I think their, their offense will be the reason that if they do hoist the Lombardi Trophy, obviously it's going to be the offense that gets it done. The defense mm-hmm. has, has raised their play, but San Francisco still looked to me on championship weekend to be the most complete team. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to throw it, That's obviously going to be the knock over the next two weeks, only eight passing attempts for Garoppolo. But when you are imposing your will physically on a team like they were against the Green Bay Packers, Raheem Mostert, I mean, before Coleman went out, Greta had some touches too. When you have that three-headed monster of speed and power, your quarterback doesn't need to throw it just for the sake of throwing it. Turn around, hand it off, let's get ready for the Super Bowl. Um, I was really, really impressed by Kyle Shanahan's discipline in the moment to say, we're going to hand it off 35 times and you're not going to be able to stop us.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was, it was it was the, the head coaching performance of a guy who's been in, you know, seven NFC championships, been to a bunch of Super Bowls and trusts himself, except Kyle Shanahan's like 35. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't often see like, I think like distinct efforts to make a statement in an mm-hmm. NFC or AFC championship game, because you really just want to get to the Super Bowl. But that one to me almost seemed like once they kind of knew they had it, it, it and that they knew they had it pretty early. I think it was more of, we're just going to we're We're sending a message with how well we're going to run the ball. Jimmy's not even going to need to throw it and we're going to look dominant in doing so. And uh, they just wanted to uh, look like establish their game plan, which they did. And, I don't I, – not send the message that they're the opposite of the Chiefs, but we kind yeah. of see like two exact foils going at it. Um, you got one team that obviously pounds the rock and can run it on anybody and plays as good a defense, and the other team can, you know, play fine defense and, and put up about a million points if they really want to. So this the is going ab- to be – this th- is a perfect matchup for me in a Super the Bowl. This thing is awesome. about
1: the 49ers and the reason that i give them a slight edge here and vegas is giving kansas city a slight edge it's bounced from a pick'em to a point and a half chiefs favorite to a point I any the side last time any side
0: it. to two and a half or three that this goes to i, I can't really blame anybody i yeah. can't tell you you're wrong it's, it's just be not sure much wrong opinion it here. because yeah.
1: it's it's a close matchup and the reason i give the niners the edge here is because they're going to have a good game plan. They're going to have a plan A and a plan B. Not to say that Kansas City won't, but they've showed that they can win football games in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. We saw the shootout on the road at the Saints. That was really the the watershed moment of the season for them, or or the moment where they took retook control of the NFC, where they scored, I believe, 54 points against the Saints. We saw them just run it 42 times against the Green Bay Packers. There's no ego in the backfield. There's no ego at the quarterback position. There is simply a want to win. And they they have, Al Shanahan has the wholehearted trust of the team because he's gotten them this far and they believe in his play calling and they believe whatever he calls in the Super Bowl is going to set them up to win. Not to say that there isn't that in Kansas City, mm-hmm. they're just a little bit more one-dimensional in terms of run-pass also in the run game, and maybe the ad-lib run game, where Pat Mahomes is so dangerous. If you look at Pat Mahomes' scrambles, like most quarterbacks, they're east and west before he gets Mm north-south. There is no east and west against the San Francisco 49ers. Their edge rushers are the best in the game, whether it be Bosa, Ford. I mean, Armstead can pressure you from anywhere. There's so much talent on that defensive line that if Pat Mahomes wants to have success on the ground, it's going to have to come straight up the middle of the pocket at the linebacker level, where then you have to deal with Quan Alexander and um, and Fred Werner. So I just think it's such a complete defensive effort from the 49ers that whatever they do offensively, they're going to be in a position to win come the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm not making a pick now yet because we still have some time to do that, but I think I would lean your direction as of right now simply just because when the big games that come down to these you know playoff type atmospheres whatever they say defense and the run games usually end up winning those now that the Chiefs can't do that obviously the 49ers just do it better than anybody else but to go back what you kind of said what we talked about the AFC championship game at some point in these big games usually not obviously not for the 49ers against the Packers because they were that much better but when you're facing a team that's as good or better than you your quarterback's going to have to go out and and make some plays and win you that ball game. And I have a lot more confidence in Patrick Mahomes to do that instead of, not, not that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a, a good quarterback, mm-hmm. but obviously like we were saying, Patrick Mahomes is the best in the world right now. And I don't think there's a debate on that. And as much as the, the team and the strategy might favor the 49ers, sometimes it is hard to lean against the Chiefs have the best football player on the field and arguably the world on their roster. And they also have a pretty darn good head coach too. In and Andy, yeah. granted they are a little bit more one dimensional, but they do that one dimension really, really well. And we this are. It's going to be a perfect Super Bowl matchup. I, I, this was this was awesome.
1: This we was are the once dream. again. We are once again looking at yeah, two best teams in football. But yeah. we are once again looking at bye week. Andy Reid and he has been he's good. The numbers coming out of the bye week for Andy Reid are staggering. Now he can't and, spot um, his opponent twenty four points this week. No, he can't. And the, the poetry of it all was that a man much maligned for clock management uh, got the got the Gatorade bath at the AFC Championship with three timeouts in his pocket. <laughs> so um, that was really the poetry in it all. So You can't take uh, him with you, but Andy Reid sure is hell going to try. We will have a full Super Bowl breakdown pod as the stories emerge and as we get closer on next week's uh, Moose and Runes episode 139 of the pod. But for now, that is your your teaser update. For the Super Bowl, Matt. Let's keep this thing trucking because I know you're a you're a man with a full schedule these days. So uh, let's jump right into Matt's hockey minute. We obviously saw uh, Coach Quenville return to the UC for the first time a, a night ago on Tuesday. An emotional scene, um, a-, a scene that I f- still feel like should have never happened. Um, he still should be on the Blackhawks bench. Um, the man should have retired a Blackhawk. I digress. Matt, the floor is yours. Matt's hockey minute begins now.
0: Well, again, not, not, it's neither here nor there whether he should have. Some will have that debate, and its I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer to that at this point. But as for last night, I was lucky enough to be there, and they, they not only honored Q, but before that they had uh, the, the Patrick Kane 1,000-point ceremony, mm. which was, it, if it, you can believe it, the, the Quenville ceremony, that the, the sound in the United Center, the ovation was rivaled by Kane's 1,000. And to see him get a little bit not he didn't quite cry, but he got he, he welled up a little bit when the crowd was giving him that ovation. It was awesome. It's really cool to see you know both of those guys honored and kind of having Q in the house for Kane's um, ceremony as well. Seemed seemed very fitting. It just seemed right. Yeah. Afterwards, we our our great camera crew at NBC Sports Chicago got some uh, got some footage of basically the Core Hawks in Quenville talking underneath the tunnel. So that was fun to see. Um, unfortunately, the Blackhawks five game point streak came to an end la- or five game winning streak came to an end last night. They played pretty well. Um, it's gonna be an interesting stretch. They have a really tough six, seven, eight games coming up you know base- basically month of February, I should say before the yep. trade deadline, so we're gonna find out where they're at here, but they've at least made it fun again. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, Joe. I- I've been frustrated up and down. it's been a roller coaster and I, I think that's what's gonna happen throughout February. Um, but at least for last night, that was a lot of fun. And as I
1: usually end these things, Patrick Kane is still really good at hockey. Still confirmed really good at hockey. Yeah. That was about a minute and 30 for that hockey minute. For, we appreciate that. I think the two guys deserved it. You know, the, the give,
0: two guys give, deserve the extra
1: 30. We're not giving you extra time. We're giving G- Q Kane, and we're Kane and Q Kane extra it. time. Does exactly. anyone deserves it, it's those two. Um, I do want to follow up. This is off the clock hockey sure. talk here, Ooh, Matt. Wow, we don't we, get that. We, we saw often. a little. Uh, we saw a little scrap earlier in the day at uh, the ska- at the morning skate oh, yeah. between Duncan Keith and Jonathan Tays, which led me to offer on Sportsline on CBS Sports HQ. We do a betting show. Sure, I anchor it uh, four or five days a week. We have to give our all on the line pick, which is our best bet of the night. Mm-hmm. After I saw that, my best bet of the night was player prop Jonathan Tays. Over one and a half shots. He finished with two. Cash your ticket. There you go. Later. But the question here is, is there anything more to read into this, or was this just mid-season? No, this, this
0: seemed like a very much boys will be boys kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you and I have, have gotten to not scraps like that before, but you know, we, we've had our fair share of shouting matches in the past. Before you you have brothers, you kind of get into, you know, f u you, f you, All right, two hours later, you're fine. Those things happen, and I I don't have really much inside information on it other than what I've heard and talked to people about. It just seems like some stuff boiled over at Morning Skate. And quite honestly, from the video I saw, I don't think Jonathan Taves is a guy you really want to mess with because it seemed like he had Keith pinned down pretty good.
1: Yeah, I would love to see the front end of that scrap because we did kind of only see the uh, resolution yeah, of it. There, unfortunately, no
0: one really got it. It seems. But like.
1: uh, Taser did appear to be in the uh, in the more beneficial position there when when the when the video did pick up. He
0: already had him pinned down, and Keith's jersey was completely off, so that was kind of interesting. You know, yeah. I, was, I was at work yesterday, and I, I got in right around you know during the morning skate. and My job usually that that time is kind of to you know mark our video of you know ISOs mm-hmm. and the guys in the skate, and then I, I mark up sound afterwards. And, you know, I was, I was watching the feed and we had our, our live show. We do we something called Breakfast with the Blackhawks about once a month at a, at a home morning skate. And I just hear kind of someone in the background, hey, hey guys, camera over there, camera over there. They're fighting. It's like, what? What the hell? <laughs> And then it was, right. uh, by that point, it was just the two of them getting up and they were just getting yeah. hit taps.
1: But it was, it, was, it was kind of funny to hear. Man, got to keep those cameras rolling, Matter. Gotta Always. Keep those cameras rolling. All right, uh, let's jump into some locks here. What do we say? Some picks. Yeah, why don't you start uh, us off? Yeah, I hate to pass this along, but Matt is now in a game-and-a-half lead after... Uh, I just need to uh, win one. I missed uh, my first half Chiefs bet by a hook there. Uh, didn't get the half point we needed or the full point, obviously, for uh, for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt is 10-8. and eight. Joe is 8-9-1. and one. With that, I will offer you my lock of the week, which is a lock of the night. Gonna take you to Raptors 76ers on Wednesday night. Listen to the pod, cash a ticket, under 217 and a half, everything trending in the direction of the under. The under's five and oh. In the 76ers past five games as an underdog. The under is 5-1 and one in the Raptors past six games as a home favorite. The under is 5-1 and one in the past six meetings in Toronto between these two teams. And the under is 7-2-1 and one in the past ten meetings between these two teams all time. If that doesn't convince you, I don't know what does. Trending towards the under Raptors, 76ers, under 217 and a half.
0: I believe you. Um, That's, I have have no reason (laughs) not to at this point. It seems like you look straight out of the research packet. You did some research. I don't have a research packet, 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 unfortunately. So I'm playing from a deficit already. That's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to go on and I'm going to win my bet. Um, my, My logic when it comes to basketball, Joe, is just a lot of times bet the really good team over the really bad team. Mm-hmm. might be flawed, might not be. I'm going to take the Lakers laying 10 and a half against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Okay. I think that they, I, I don't know a ton about the NBA this year because I've obviously been paying attention to football, a little bit more hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, give me that. I think the Lakers are really good. The Knicks are not good. And that is my logic.
1: Well, I could tell you this. Um, the precedent on this one a couple of weeks ago, the Lakers welcomed the Knicks, and they were up by about 35, I think, at one point. The spread was 15. They ended up winning the game by seven, I believe, or something That's in that fine. Ra- range. So they did not hold that big lead throughout the entire game. Question so I for do, you: I do like them to do that tonight, with that in their minds.
0: I, I have no reason to believe LeBron isn't playing, do I? Um, no. Can I you make could, like a? Can I make like a conditional if LeBron's out? I want this game because that
1: obviously you cannot. You, just you cannot make a conditional pick. Stupid. I would um, let you make a conditional pick. You should probably be more concerned about Anthony Davis's health. He did come back um, the other night. It was his first game back against Boston in the loss. I wouldn't be surprised if they rested him against the Knicks just because it's the Knicks and he's coming off that tailbone injury. No, so you you got to play maybe in the Mecca. no AD. You got to play in the Mecca. That's true. That's true. Um, but uh, who really cares?
0: Also, 14 years ago today, Kobe <laughs> went off for 81, and I think LeBron's going to be like, "I'm going to one up
1: him." Go for he wants he wants a, LeBron wants 82 tonight yeah so look that that's my right. lock LeBron scores 82 or more 80 couple a couple of NBA locks for you we'll see how those shake down we'll update the standings and uh Matt could lock it up tonight with a win so uh, fingers crossed fingers crossed for for the Knicks tonight coming out and, uh, and surprising somebody yeah we want uh, this to we go jump? to the Super Bowl should we jump so, it as by yourself so? ah lovely let's do it. You want Can me start to start? Oh, I'll start.
0: I think I got the bigger of the stories. Not that all okay. of our buy or sells aren't great. But the, the UFC fight over the weekend, we were both enthralled with that, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. Only 40 seconds, but it was all thrilling. Conor uh, came out and then dominated early and often, got the quick knockout, or the TKO, excuse me. Um, you're more of the UFC guy. We texted a little bit briefly after this. So I want to ask you, buy or sell, Conor's next fight is Habib.
1: Uh, I'm selling it. Because for a number of reasons, okay, I'm selling it. First off, for timing reasons, it just doesn't really work. Um, Habib has a fight with I believe Tony Ferguson coming up in April. Okay, May April, I believe it is. So the layoff would be longer, I think, than Connor wants. Connor's been talking about fighting three times this year, so that kind of puts him around June for his next fight. Habib wouldn't be ready for a June fight because he's going to get into a war with Tony, Tony Ferguson. Is elbows, jujitsu, kicks, like both of those guys are going to come out of that fight bloody. They're okay. just going to be, so what the UFC does is they assess damage, they give you a physical after the fight, and then they give you a ban. You are banned from UFC for combat for, for however long. Okay, I think both these guys are looking at a ban coming out of a war there. So I just don't think it times up with Conor wanting to fight three times this year, and I also think that Conor can use that ex- as an excuse to not fight Habib. Um, because I don't think he really wants that right now. I think he maybe wants to talk a couple more wins. Not to say that the fights that he are going, to, that he is going to take uh, outside of Habib are going to be easy. Because it's probably going to be either Masvidal for the BMF title, or once uh, Usman fights for the 170 title again, it might be Usman for the 170 belt. Because Connor did look comfortable at that mm-hmm. weight for the 40 seconds that we did see him fight. So just from a timing and a matchup standpoint. I think if you're saying Habib or the field, I'd probably say the field at this point. The only, and that makes a lot of sense. I'm not, I was unaware when Habib's next fight was, so I'm kind of glad
0: I got that explained. But I think it was in Dana White's post-pay-per-view uh, post presser, kind of got asked that. And he was he pretty, wa- he, he, he wants Habib. that fight really bad. Yeah. And obviously Connor has to be on board with it too. But if, I mean, if the UFC is going to capitalize, obviously Connor. I'm not saying he's going to lose whoever he goes up new to next. He very well might win. He's a great fighter. I know Masvidal is great too, and that's kind of the other name that you hear is might be the other yeah. big shot. But if he goes out and doesn't win that fight, obviously Connor might not even get a shot at Habib. And even if he does, the the fight's going to have a little bit less buzz to it, and just the popularity with Connor. Isn't going to get any higher than it is right now. After a forty-second knockout against a big name, granted, a guy who might be a little bit over the hill, not that great of a fighter anymore, a bigger name. And if the UFC wants to capitalize on it, there might be a way
1: that they figured out with timing wise. But like you said, it, uh, it sounds like I that's think, an obstacle. I, I, think think McGreg- I think the Conor McGregor. I think the McGregor draw is there until the day he retires. He could fight you. But he could fight you next, Matt. It I think I have a chance. He just he just beat a guy in Cowboy Cerrone. Not to discredit. Cowboy Cerrone, he's one of the, he's the most winning, he has the most wins, the most finishes in UFC history, but he's coming off of two consecutive losses. He didn't just beat a a, a big time guy. Like Conor will have a title shot anytime he wants it because he's Conor McGregor. Like Mm -hmm. obviously if he takes a bad loss to someone, then maybe you're not in the position to go for a title somewhere, but in terms of the draw, It doesn't matter what Conor McGregor does. He just came off of a – he hadn't fought in an octagon or hadn't won anything in an octagon in three and a half years. He hadn't fought in an octagon in over a year. Um, He hadn't won anything in combat sports in three plus years. And we tuned in. We watched. We got excited by the buildup. He's just one of those figures that draws our attention regardless. I don't think the UFC has an attention problem when it comes to Conor McGregor. I think they can make whatever fight they want. It sounded like Conor wanted to stay at 170. It sounded like Dana wanted him back at 155 to fight Habib. So it will be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can guarantee is whatever fight he's in next, I'm probably just going to buy again because that was awesome. I, I we, We've talked about it on the pod before. The rest of the card was no. kind of
1: trash, but that was awesome. That,
0: that, that's that's great. The rest of the card was I didn't get home the main event, though, so I pretty much just saw the main event. So,
1: so. I know there are a lot of um, casual UFC fans who kind of come for Connor, but if, you're, if that sparked your interest and you want to get into a little bit more And you're just on the fence about it. UFC 247 headliner is John Jones. And that's quite possibly the greatest pound for pound. Yeah, he's returning to the Occupy. I I did not know that. I I completely forget who he's fighting. But 247 in February is John Jones as the headliner. And that's, I mean, John Jones, Dominic uh, Reyes. Dominic Reyes. And you're talking about quite possibly pound for pound the greatest fighter in the history of mixed martial arts in John Jones. So that's going to be another good one to watch. Well, hey, uh-huh. we, we've talked about it before. There's not much like a big fight night, so that, that does sound like it's pretty interesting. We trudge along here, Matt. Um, last week's podcast came, I believe, hours before the news came down about possible buzzers being employed by the Houston Astros. We Great talk timing about, on our part. We did talk about um, the cheating scandal, uh, but it, did not, it had not transpired or evolved to this point yet. Matt, buy or sell? If the buzzers are found to be true in some sort of investigation, that they can prove that this was being done and they were being relayed signals through electronic means on batters in the batter's box, buy or sell that the World Series title of the Houston Astros should should be
0: vacated. I'm still not going to the point of vacating it because like it, it's uh, happening. And, and,
1: and a backup buy or sell here too. Sure. On the vacation is Ooh, I could go for a vacation. Should, uh, is this buy or sell worse than the steroid scandal
0: It is definitely worse than steroid scandal. I'm, I'm totally on board with that because even though Barry Bonds was on steroids, hitting homers, so are about half the pitchers he was facing. Um, I think it's, it's tough to vacate a title simply because it happened. And no matter what, I, you can't just turn around, but Hey, actually Dodgers, you won the the 2017 world series. Here you go. Like, no, like it still happened. It's there. Um, That said, it's absolutely worse than the steroid scandal, and I think at that point, you probably do have to get to the point where you're, I don't know if you're fully banning players, but we're starting to suspend players. That said, I don't know how much they're going to be able to prove at this point, because it seems like all of their evidence has proven what it has already, and if if there was more evidence to back this up, it probably would have come out by now. But I don't Mm -hmm. think this is a ton worse than what they're already guilty of, because we've I mean, it was they were still getting signals and you know stealing signs electronically. So this was just another electronic way to you know tell them what pitch was coming, different from banging a trash can.
1: See, I think it does take it to another level. I think it is. It might be like a step up, but like it's. I think it is. Yeah, and I think it's egregiously worse. See, I think it's a big step because you're starting to now. The last we heard of technology was, you know, Alex Cora using the Apple Watch to kind of get that information from center yeah. field. But the relaying it to a player on the field is another gray area. You know, guys are stealing signs, guys are trying to figure out tipped pitches and all that throughout games. That's mm-hmm. part of baseball. And then you have to relay that to a batter, or relay that in a dugout, or somehow transmit that information. And if you can do that by, you know, your guy on second. If you have a runner on second, he picks up, uh, you know, a second sign from a catcher and, you know, reaches his hand out to give you a change up or something like that. Like, that's, that's part of baseball. The second you start putting on wires, the second you start putting on buzzers, in my mind, we're talking about vacation of title. We're talking about year and a half bans for these players. Like, this is that it's hard to figure out where the line is here. They obviously crossed it but I think they've gone so far past the line if you are employing these buzzers and doing things like that, that stricter punishments need to be levied. And I think year and a half bans for the players that are proven to have done it is perfect because after a year and a half you fall out of favor in baseball. I mean, after a year and a half, you could forget how to swing a bat, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen guys fall off quicker than that. So, I think year and a half ban and a vacated title. I have no problem with a vacated title. There are, no one won the Heisman in 2005, according to the, the record, yeah, books, right? No, no one, no one one need, yeah, but we know Reggie Bush won Yeah, but okay, then let's know that the Houston Astros won it, but they don't deserve the trophy. They don't deserve the rings. They don't deserve to have their history books read World Series Champion. I'm I'm much better. I'm I'm much more comfortable with there being no World Series champion in 2017 rather than a team that employed electronics to get the job done. Well, see, the thing is, is, either
0: way, they've already employ- employed electronics. Like that, that's, I'm saying. That's okay, happened.
1: but but my line of demarcation is the relaying of it to batters in electronically real time. as well. Even the banging on the trash cans isn't as bad for me because there's something more archaic. A batter has to take that data point from his ears and diagnose a pitch still. Whereas a buzzer on my chest when I'm standing in the box that's telling me the pitch is so far beyond the line to me that stricter, stricter punishment needs to be handed down.
0: That's fair. Uh, I'm, I'm, again, I, I think there does need to be stricter punishment. I'm just not at the point of vacating a title, because I don't think it really does Kick much. But the it, tour, dog. That's fair. And you know what? If you want to start kicking players out of the league or suspending them, like you said, for a year and a half, all for that, I think they deserve it. And quite honestly, I, I'm sure there's going to be more investigation in this now. Um, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve especially, those guys are going to have uh, be under quite a bit of pressure. Uh, this year going in to have a really, really good season, or else there's going to be even
1: more questions. Um, And the the flippant remarks that they made when they were met by the media too, just like rushing it off,
0: like the the cockiest guy of all time who wants who's always a big. And I've been a fan of those
1: two. I've been a fan of those two guys. So have I. I I like that swagger, and it's just it's just um it's unfortunate to see. Um, and like you said, I don't know if we get any more information on this because the investigation has been done, but damn the, the Altuve video, not ripping the Jersey off. There's a picture of, uh, on their world series capsule video, you know, when you win the world series, you do a video DVD, whatever. Uh-huh. There's a scene of him running up the tunnel after one of the games. There's a guy just sitting on the bottom step of the dugout where you can't see him because he's in the tunnel with a TV in front of him and a trash can next to him. It's like, I know it's like the grassy knoll or whatever. You can liken it to any conspiracy theory, but like there's the garbage can he was making the noises with and the TV that he was watching the center field camera on. Like it's, it's all right there. I I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a real shame because, you know, we talk about the gray area of baseball and how teams that win are always trying to get an edge somehow, but um, this is...
0: they trying to get an edge me, and then there's this. Exactly. It's, 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 for me...
1: For me, the second you're going to Radio Shack before a game, like that—that's it. Is Radio that's Shack something? still open? Yeah, that was a dated reference. I apologize. Yeah. Uh,
0: one thing that also kind of broke shortly after when we were done with this—they not it broke, but we had the Jess Mendoza clip from Mike and Mike go viral, blaming Mike Fires for bringing this up. And then I saw this morning, Pedro Martinez was also like ripping Mike Fires for bringing this up. I don't know how you feel. I have no problem with Mike Fires bringing this up and calling this out. Not only was it. This costs people jobs because I, I, yeah. we, we've seen articles. Like I, we don't know specific names, but how many pitchers had their last straw, you know, DFA'd, you know, tip pulled from a rotation, whatever, after getting shelled by the Astros in Houston, getting kind of one more chance, get brought up, get a chance in Houston, get shelled, you don't get a chance again. Like, that's where like I have no problem with a player seeing this whistle blowing on it.
1: Like, there's, that's no, not an issue for but, me. As a whistleblower, you will forever be the whistleblower. Yeah. I mean, Mike Fires Mike had to look inside and say, is this something that I want to shoulder for the rest of my career? Is this something that's going to bother the guys in my clubhouse? And I understand um, the old boys' club that is baseball and Major League Baseball and what those clubhouses go through through 162 games and the relationships that are formed. Mike Fires had to make a business decision. I applaud him for doing so because this had to be brought to light. But he will forever be the whistleblower. I yeah. mean, it, you, and, and no one really wants, no one wants a rat in their house. And I'm not calling Mike Fires. I guess I just did, but you did. No, one, yeah. no one wants a guy who might not be a good keeper of secrets to be around your secrets. And that that's just the duality of it. There's just two sides to it. And I do applaud Mike Fires for putting that aside and making the business decision to say, hey, we need to start cleaning this thing up I'll be at the core of it. Point your fingers at me. So I, I guess I applaud him, but I also understand the other side of
0: it. Yeah, I'm sure he expecting some consequences and is fine with them. But at the same time, I think I'm very cool with what he did. And I think there's some secrets, obviously, that certain organizations might want to protect. But that was probably a pretty big one. That you know, there there's secrets of breaking the law that people like correcting too. But it's not right to keep it. You know what I mean? All right, hit me, Matt. Um, it's your. No, it's my turn. It's turn. my turn. Derek turn. Jeter, uh, Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame class was announced yesterday. Derek Jeter, yep. Larry Walker, very, very. Obviously Jeter was a lock, but very happy to see Larry Walker get in. I always liked him growing up. Um, Jeter was not unanimous. I think he got what three sixty-seven of three six, whatever it was. He was one vote short.
1: One vote shy.
0: Buy, buy or sell. Derek Jeter deserved to be unanimous.
1: I one hundred percent buy it. And this is another, you know, to knock baseball. This is another example of the old boys club that the game has always been that's stunting the growth of the game the pervasive attitude of the baseball writers of america that is so archaic that is so stuck in the past that is so we are the gatekeepers Mm -hmm. that it makes my stomach turn yeah i I hate that one person one person Decides whether or not Derek Jeter is 100% deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, what about Derek Jeter is not deserving of Hall of Fame stature? 20 seasons, all with the same franchise, the most historic franchise in the history of the game. He becomes one of the most historic players in that franchise's history. He's the 20th player to go in. I mean, you could name your Mount Rushmore, but he's on there for me. Mm -hmm. He's top four for me, whether it's Ruth, Mantle, DiMaggio... I mean, you can have the conversation a million times over. He brought five championships to the Bronx in 20 seasons. He did it right. He was the captain. He was the leader. He was babyface. He was go-the-other-way, hit-for-average guy. He was Mr. November. What about Derek Jeter is not deserving of your vote, guy who didn't vote or girl who didn't vote? We will find out who that person will be. It will come to light. I just think that this is another example of the stick-up-the-butt attitude that some of these writers have. Derek Jeter, if no one else, was deserving of 100%. Now, I know Mariano Rivera is the only person to have 100% vote in. He had his transgressions off the field, just like Jeter did. Uh-huh. We are talking about these players on the field. Now, if you had a bone to pick with Jeter, and that's the reason you didn't vote him, shame on you. Because yeah, I you just- need to be able to put that aside as well and assess the man on the field who was 100% deserving of the vote to go into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot guy. It's an absolute joke. And whether they're trying to pre- preserve the sanctity of Mariano Rivera's being the old, Mariano Rivera being the only unanimous vote, that's another stupid angle at it. This is just senseless baseball bullshit that we go through in one way or another, time after time.
0: Tell us how you really feel. It, that is um, how I no, feel. No, I, it's, no, it's it's joke. no I, I don't, I've never really yesterday, understood yesterday on our
1: show. Yesterday on our show, I was on the desk when obviously at six o'clock when the news came down and we did a breaking news hit with David Sampson, who was the Marlins front office. He was the Marlins president when Jeter took the job. He's the guy who Jeter fired by text message. So yeah. they have a little bit, and he knew Jeter well before that, David Sampson. He, If anyone has a bone to pick with Jeter, it's him. And he's like, no, this guy should be unanimous. This is wild. He goes, I'm not surprised by this, but this is just what it always will be.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, you pretty much covered all of it there, and I, I'm very much in agreement with you. I just, My whole problem is pretty much the same as yours. and I, I don't get this old guard thought process of no one can be unanimous, and then obviously Mariano was. But what, why somebody needs to look at a surefire Hall of Famer and say, I'm going to be the guy who's going to vote no, because ridiculous. I don't think anybody who cares if you're unanimous. Either are a Hall of Famer, or and you're who not. are you they to say who deserves famous. it? Yeah, and like this goes back to me um, a couple of years ago when when Ken Griffey Jr. was uh, was up on the ballot, and I think he had the same. Was either one or two people didn't think vote for Ken shy. Griffey Jr. Like, yeah. You look at Ken Griffey Jr. You see what he did over his career, and you tell me he's not a Hall of Famer. You look at Derek Jeter. You try and tell me he's not a Hall of Famer. Like I could, I, I just could, I could it.
1: understand. I could understand the gr- not. No, I, I, I can't. I agree. You, you can't look at Ken Griffey Jr. Grippy, and say he's not a Hall of Famer. Griffey should be a hundred percent in, but he, he, there is a missing piece to his legacy.
0: That's great, but you look at the guy. A, a, championship.
1: a Hall of championship. I know. Hey, but, he
0: but, won an AL Central championship in two thousand eight. Thank you very much.
1: If you were, if you were to make a statistical case for him not being unanimous, there is a missing piece. Derek Jeter has no missing piece to his on-field legacy.
0: No, I, I'm not saying that Jeter's legacy probably doesn't look better at this point. All I'm saying is, it, it, for me, it goes even, like, the, the argument for this, I, I kind of didn't realize where... I didn't realize how big of a you know unanim, deal the unanimous thing was. I didn't realize it until the whole Griffey thing last year. And that's yeah. where this thing... Or not or two years ago, whenever it was. That's kind of where it kicked in for me. Like, who the hell cares if the guy's a Hall of Famer? He's a Hall of Famer. Just vote for him. Just because somebody yeah. 50 years ago was really good didn't get unanimously voted in doesn't mean Ken Griffey Jr. Derek Jeter can't now. Yeah,
1: um, we're on the same so that, page. That's how I feel on that one. Um, but good on good on Jits and good on Larry Walker getting in. Good as for well. him. Um, it was his final year of eligibility, and uh, so Larry Walker heading into the hall with Derek Jeter. No Bonds, no Clemens, no Schilling. Uh, all three still trending towards 75% also, vote, but I believe I, that I Bonds think, and Clemens only have two more years of eligibility. I
0: think Schilling will get in. I, I think it's kind of unfair that Schilling's being kept out at this point, but I think he'll get yeah. in eventually. Yeah. Um,
1: he's, he's made the decision to... Uh, Become even f- more divisive. Yeah, but his, we, uh, we talked. about again, I, I don't want to get again, into it too bad. But, on, we, we but talk again, about on, field, on field, he might be. On a dick, field. He might not agree was, with his. his who was uh, the guy on voice. field? Yeah, I don't care about the guy who's running for senate. I don't care about the guy who has the bombastic views on Twitter. Like I care about <laughs> I care about, <laughs> I care about the, the Diamondbacks and Red Sox pitcher. Who Curt Schilling was over. in Game Six? You know, that's what I care about.
0: Yeah, but we'll we'll um, we'll, we'll we'll get to that probably next year at this point because he'll be right around there. That's coming what to you, you on Moose and Runes, Moose and Runes, runes episode 205, 260, 260 yeah, 50 yep. some weeks, one yeah, what, what do you got for me?
1: Matt, we're going back to the NBA, buy or sell, plain and simple, Zion's debut on Wednesday night, is it appointment television, are you watching?
0: Uh, so I'll be at work tonight, but I would imagine we'll have that up on one of the TVs, yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on it, I don't remember who they play. Um, but it, it's it's the number one pick and the most popular anticipated number one pick in a while. So yeah, I am. I think that's an easy one for me. If I can get if I got it on a TV in front of me, or can get it at work, I will absolutely flip that on and have that right next to my Bulls
1: game. The Pelicans are playing yeah, the San Antonio Spurs. Face. Pelicans are playing the Spurs at eight thirty Central Time on ESPN. No free ads, but uh, that is where Zion will make his debut. I am going to watch it as well, but I, I watch it. I watch it wary. I, I don't know if I've made it clear on this podcast how I feel about Zion, but uh, I, I'm not going to say the B word. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be fun. But I think he's going to be like – I think he's going to be Julius Randall. I, I think he's going to be – He might be. I, I, I don't think he's going to be LeBron James. Uh, he, I don't either.
0: Uh, I think just from a health standpoint, I think with how explosive he is and how large his body is, I, I think that's a bad yeah. combination for
1: staying healthy. Yeah. Um, so – but I will be watching as well.
0: I'm scrolling through Twitter right now. Not not that you're boring me, but I saw some sure. some, some gifts, some pictures of Joel from last night. You know his his face during the video tribute. He's I don't think happy. I've seen I don't think I've seen that guy smile bigger since the last time the Blackhawks won us. Right? He's so happy.
1: It makes me happy.
0: It warms my heart a
1: little bit. That's all. Um, you got you got a last by yourself for me or
0: no? Those were the I gave you my two.
1: You gave me two. Yeah, we
0: had Connor and Jeter. Yeah, we did
1: have two. Yeah, oh, remember? Man.
0: It's rude of you to
1: forget my questions. Well, I'm just gonna f- Just keep filling here To keep you from Going about your day Matt That's uh, fair I, I respect I n- that What do you got What do you got going on today What's going on You gotta do I'm it. off you know
0: Off the next two Gotta run some
1: errands today It's not like balls. California You
0: can't just go You gotta hit balls inside. Yeah
1: Oh I found it Come on Tell me I didn't find a range That's covered with heaters Um they've also partitioned each stall with like plastic coating on the sides to keep the wind from hitting you, so it's like... That's nice, it's, yeah. It's a, cho- it's a little, choice setup.
0: Because that's what gets you. It's, it's not that, like the cold stinks, but what really gets you is when it's
1: cold. Wind. that wind is cold. Wind. Yeah, that's what gets you yeah. nice. These are like little kind of bunkered mats that uh, really protect you from the wind, so... I like that. Maybe go hit some balls, uh, run some errands, there you watch go. a my, little TV. Nice little school. Sunday. This is your Sunday, nice, right? Nice little Sunday. Uh, no, today's my Saturday. Nice so little Saturday. Be my Maybe bed, bath, so and beyond. We don't know if we'll have Enough times, not sure if we'll have enough time. Hopefully, hopefully. but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. I got nothing else from the people. If you don't, uh, we'll say goodbye here. Matt. I, I will
0: we'll see him next week and we'll, we'll get ready to talk. Super Bowl, and Super hopefully, Bowl...
1: I can pick out my golf balls next week. Super Bowl matchup. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we're looking at a, t- a push or, or, or no, we can't push because I have no, the time, you guys, so yeah, you gotta win. You gotta, at, you gotta, yeah, win, and I gotta and win, I gotta lose. lose. Got or I'm
0: getting a couple more boxes of Joe's balls. <laughs> yep. Uh, you might you might have you might have Joe's balls in the mail so you hey, know wouldn't be the first time
1: <laughs> that's going to do it for Moose and Runes episode 138 of the pod we appreciate you as always for tuning in for Matt Rooney I am Joe Musso we will talk to you next week with Super Bowl 54 lead up till then au revoir may god give you for every storm a rainbow For every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. (laughs)